Books and Arts. Book review. Democracy in Turkey. The never-ending coup. A putsch of sixty years ago still casts a shadow over Turkish politics. A coup in Turkey, by Jeremy Seal. About ten kilometers from Istanbul's southern shore, beyond the better-known princes' islands that were home to exiled Byzantine royals, a cluster of concrete walls rises from the Marmara Sea. Yasirda was once a solemn and neglected place, with a handful of decaying, overgrown buildings. A few years ago, Turkey's authorities chopped down most of the trees to make room for a convention centre, a mosque. A hotel and a museum. Its highlights include a replica courtroom and mechanical wax figures of judges, prosecutors, and the island's most famous prisoner, Adnan Menderes. Over several months in 1960 and 1961, Yasirda played a role in one of the more shameful chapters in Turkey's modern history, when an army junta deposed and imprisoned Menderes, the country's premier. And executed him and two of his ministers. Few events of the past century have done as much to shape Turkey's contemporary politics. A testament to the fragility of democracy, the story of the coup has been obscured, rewritten, and most recently wielded as a political weapon by Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the current president. Yet it has been largely untold in English. A coup in Turkey by Jeremy Seal, a travel writer and Turkey enthusiast, fills that gap. Menderes, a lawyer and landowner, made history in 1950 when his party, the Democrats, prevailed in Turkey's first free elections, unseating the Republican People's Party, the CHP, from which Menderes and three of his colleagues had broken, and which had ruled the country since the collapse of the Ottoman Empire. As prime minister, he introduced broad reforms. The economy boomed. Infrastructure projects multiplied. Restrictions on religious practices were loosened. Menderes reopened scores of mosques closed down by the Republicans and commissioned a massive new one in the heart of Ankara. He lifted a ban on the Arabic call to prayer. Kemal Ataturk, post-imperial Turkey's founding father, had ordered it to be recited in Turkish. Yet Menderes. Did not want to reverse Ataturk's mission to modernize the country, nor to deviate from its pro-Western course. Two years into his premiership, Turkey joined NATO. The devotion that Menderes inspired among pious conservative Turks, uneasy about the extent of the secular revolution foisted on them by Ataturk and his disciples, may have gone to his head during his second term as prime minister. He developed an authoritarian streak. The economy foundered, weighed down by inflation and huge debts. The government bullied the opposition, packed the prisons with journalists, and in 1955 incited a pogrom against Turkey's dwindling Greek minority. Menderes, in Mr. Seal's words, oversaw a drastic reduction of civil freedoms that meant. The democratic process was limited to the ballot box. 
This story of a charismatic Turkish leader who cannot stomach dissent or the prospect of losing power may sound familiar. With his privileged secular upbringing, Menderes was hardly cut from the same cloth as Mr. Erdogan, who sold sesame buns on Istanbul's streets to help his poor, devout family. But they share an ailment that often besets populist leaders in weak democracies, the deepening conviction that they are indispensable. Mr. Seal recalls the pamphlets distributed by the Democrats ahead of an election in 1957, which warned of doom for their supporters and for Islam in Turkey should the CHP win. That is not a far cry from the rhetoric of today. After nearly two decades in power as Prime Minister and President, Mr. Erdogan has persuaded many voters, and maybe himself, that they risk losing everything if the opposition ever takes over. To highlight such parallels, Mr. Seal peppers his narrative with contemporary scenes. He attends Mr. Erdogan's rallies, speaks to friends who fret over Turkey's future, and drinks with academics purged from their jobs. But his focus is on Menderes. He tracks down ageing witnesses to the ousted leader's final days, including an army officer who secretly snapped pictures of him on Yasirda, where he and almost 600 other officials were held and tried on trumped-up charges. One shows Menderes in what seems a peaceful slumber, but turns out to be a stupor brought on by a failed suicide attempt. Another image, taken by a different photographer, shows the deposed Prime Minister, broken by months of abuse, forcing a weak smile for his family as he waits to be hanged. His downfall set a terrible precedent. Over the next four decades, the armed forces toppled three more governments. Some 270 people died in 2016 when an army faction backed by an Islamic sect tried to seize power. The ensuing crackdown by Mr Erdogan's government was so ferocious that critics quipped a civilian coup had succeeded where an armed one had failed. The coup of 1960 may seem more remote, but the forces it unleashed are still at work, perhaps more than ever, which is what makes Mr Seal's book so timely. Memory of it lives on in streets named after Menderes, his mausoleum in Istanbul, and perhaps most vividly, in Mr Erdogan's head. The president has a much tighter grip on Turkey's political institutions, media and army than Menderes ever did, but he remains haunted by the dead man's fate. Today, they threaten us with the end they prepared for Adnan Menderes yesterday, he said a few years ago, referring to the CHP, now the main opposition party. The most recent coup attempt deepened his fears. In a ceremony last spring, Mr Erdogan declared Yasirda, these days known as Democracy and Freedom Island, reopened. Critics immediately dubbed it Betonada, or Concrete Island. He revamped the desolate spot as both a commemoration and a warning. In truth, though, Turks do not need any more waxwork or concrete to understand the damage inflicted by the men who killed Menderes. As Mr Seal points out, Turkey has had its fill of coups. Mr Erdogan has done a great deal of harm to Turkish democracy. 
but even his fiercest critics want to see him evicted from office by the voters, not by tanks.